When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, when you use code DNVR at sign up, you're going to get some special offers like how a $5 bet is going to get you $150 in free bets when you pick any winner in this year's NBA playoffs. That's DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast. We are your hosts, Patrick Lyons. And I am Susie Hunter, live from Coors Field right now. Hello, Patrick. You were missed here today in the press box. I was. I did pick up the save for the Kansas City Royals. We'll break that <laughs> down in just a moment. But the Rockies lose the rubber match, unfortunately, on Sunday, 8-7. to seven. We'll talk about how they lost it. Maybe it was in a more painful fashion than if it was just a 6 nothing shutout. Shout out to Spencer Smith, who pointed that out. Yeah, maybe that's yeah. the case. They dropped to 17 and 17, so they're back at that 500-level mark. And a lot of air sucked out of Coors Field. Susie, what was it like there? In the ninth, Daniel Bard gives up the two runs to cough up what was a 7-6 lead at the time. Yeah, it was loud. It was loud. Um, there are, shockingly, there were shockingly a lot of Royals fans here today. Um, but it was a really big crowd here in general this afternoon. It was kind of like the perfect baseball day. But um, yeah, it was very vocal on both sides of the fandoms. Yeah, there were 35,000, I believe, on, on Saturday. Uh, which is fantastic for a, a rare Royals appearance. We'll get into that. How rare is it exactly to see the Royals in Colorado? But 34,000 plus at Coors Field on Sunday for what had the makings of an all-time great comeback before that didn't happen. We'll break all that down here in just a second, but 
we'll give our shout outs to the DraftKings Sportsbook King of the Game. Jonathan Daza, who was the one who got the rally started. He did go two for five with a double, scored a run, had two RBI, and is playing some amazing baseball, whether he's at the top of the lineup or at the bottom. He has been contributing, has reached safely in all 15 starts this year. Susie, is it is it time to anoint him as an everyday outfielder that does not need to platoon with Hampson and Hilliard? He, he's earned the starting time, I think, wouldn't you say? Uh, and you know, I think he looked great in the outfield today too. He made some, he did some great work out there. So I, I mean, it, he's he's crushing right now. And uh, you know, you mentioned he has made it to base. Uh, he's made it on base all of his 15 starts. He has a 13 game on base streak right now. Um, so I I love that, and I think I think he deserves it. Pointing out the defense is really key, too, because even going back to the beginning of spring training, I mean, it was pretty well known even at the end of 2021 that defensively, Jonathan Daza was the best center fielder, like just just looking at defense. So the fact that now he's able to do it offensively, that just takes all the questions out of it and says, you know what, let him get in there, have some regular ABs, and he's doing really well. You want to stay with that hot hand, and if that hot hand's a little bit swollen, as we know from Friday night when he got hit on the hand, it looked bad. I thought it was going to be a lot worse than it was when uh, he took that HBP. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It just, the way he reacted, it looked so bad. I was like, that's it. His hand is broken. He's never playing again. Like it just, it looked so bad and it sounded so bad and he had it all iced up afterwards. Uh, it doesn't seem to be swollen anymore. Um, he seems to be doing just fine now. Uh, but yeah, he was a little banged up at the start of this homestand. Yeah, but he said that it was it was more like on the meat uh, of the, the hand. Fleshy the fleshy part. Hand. He said the fleshy part, I think. I think that's what he said. That was the phrase, the fleshy part. So, was yeah. it? I th- I'm like, I'm pretty sure it was, unless I am now having like Rocky's press conference dreams at night. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's what he said. He did. Yeah, the, the ball that... Um, hit off his hand there on, on Friday night. It rebounded so far that the pitcher actually picked it up and fielded it. Uh, because you also, you don't know at that point, did it hit the bottom of the of the bat? Could have been the case, right? The ball's in play on that. So it's good to see that Daza is okay. He was the one who uh, really got that seventh inning started off. So this was a quiet game. This was almost a pitcher's duel. I think it was scoreless through the first four innings. And then you had uh, what would have been the biggest come-from-behind victory that the Rockies would have had all year. They did have a, a three-run comeback. They, they, they overcame a three-run deficit against the Cubs there uh, that, that second week at Coors Field. Uh, they were able to win that one. And so they were down 6 nothing. had three hits, four walks before that. Sixth inning, they had some opportunities with runners on first and third with one out. In the sixth, they got nothing. And then in the seventh, it just kept building and building and building. Yeah, seven runs in the seventh inning is like the ultimate tacos experience. Um, so the energy here at Coors Field was, of course, absolutely electric for that. Yeah, it was third straight game uh, with with tacos. The first two games, they, they scored 10 runs, lost on Friday, won on Saturday with 10 runs. You thought the seven runs was going to be good enough to win today. And and that, that all broke down pretty quickly. Elias Diaz had a single. Sam Hilliard made a quick out. Hampson walk. Connor Joe walk. Daza with the two RBI single with the bases loaded. Crone had an RBI single. Ryan McMahon made an out, but it did score a run. 
Rogers with a base hit. He's been really hot. We'll talk about him. Randall Grichik with a two RBI single. Sacrifice fly, productive out by Jonathan Daza for an RBI. And then Sam Hilliard makes the third and final out. So he made both outs that inning, the first and the third. And maybe he needs to shave his eyebrows. Look, that that sounds like it's taken out of context. We'll get to that again as we break down this entire weekend. But that seventh inning was was exciting and it was interesting to say the least. Yeah, and when it was all said and done, too, that seventh inning comeback, that lead, all of that happened within a matter of 12 minutes, which is just wild. It was wild. That's, that's yeah, that's incredibly quick. Uh, 12 minutes or uh, two batters that Alex Colomay faces. It's either one. A lot more action, <laughs> a lot more action at Coors Field today in the seventh with that one. Uh, and you, and so that's, Again, I think anytime you you uh, lose a game like this, Daniel Bard blows the save. Uh, the Rockies coming into this game, they were five and zero in one run ball games. Uh, I think, in fact, uh, when they had the lead at the sixth, seventh, and eighth, I think uh, they had won all of those games. I think maybe they were six and zero when having the lead at six of, of of any amount. So it seemed like a lock, but it doesn't happen. Susie, you were there. You got a chance to speak and listen into Bud Black post game. What were some of the questions that were asked, or what was his takeaway with a loss of this magnitude? Where again, you got the rubber match where you win it, you win the series against a team that is below 500. It's not a very good team. They have some good pieces, but a lot of details that make this really, really heartbreaking of a loss on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, we've seen his demeanor after a really frustrating loss, and it. He was in better spirits than maybe I would have expected. Um, but he did say, you know, it's a tough loss, but baseball players learn to turn the page and bounce back. And um, his big takeaway was that these guys had a really great comeback. They put together so many positive at-bats, and he doesn't think it's going to affect them going in tomorrow. But they're also going up against a really good team. We're seeing the Giants again. Uh, but overall, he the, the sense I got was today is today, tomorrow is tomorrow. We're turning a page. We're moving forward. You got to flush it. You know, that's that's another one of those common themes of that's it. Tomorrow's a new day, one day at a time, all that stuff. There was a lot of positive. I mean, Grant, again, they, they win that game. If Daniel Bard saves it or anyone else saves it, they win. That's it. That's the only thing that they're thinking about. But because of Daniel Bard's performance and not, not to heap it all on him, but again, you know, when you're there in the ninth, you got a job to do. So uh, a lot, that lot happened before that with Austin Gomber's outing and Jolie's Chassin. We'll touch on that in a moment, but you get at the loss, but, as Buddy said, and as you're pointing out here, Susie, you, you have to focus on the positives because it's still a very long season. We're 34. We're not even at the quarter point. We're not even at that corner point of 40 games. Think of it like that, right? We're 34 games in. So in a week from now, we'll be at that 25% mark of the season and we'll, we'll evaluate things a little bit there. But right now they're 500 and you would have liked for the season to have started off poorly. And then they've played really well to get themselves back to 500. As it were, it's been the reverse. But, you know, we did get some news today on Chris Bryant. And that is one of those key elements for why, you know, the play hasn't been as solid. You know, because he has been out since, uh, I believe, April 21st with the lower back injury. Did have the cortisone shot, had a couple of days of rest down in Arizona. But we've seen him at Coors Field for a couple of days 
catching, running, taking fly balls, you know, hitting in the batting cage for the first time since April 20th uh, in that, that uh, Philly series, I believe. So he was getting the momentum going back and I believe he's uh, got a rehab start coming up soon. Is that correct? Yeah, so we did not see him today, or at least I did not see him today. But uh, word is he is on his way to Salt Lake City. He's going to do um, some rehab games with um, the Isotopes. So uh, he is he's working on getting getting back to where he needs to be. Uh, looking forward to that. Of course, we haven't seen a home run from Chris Bryant yet. So we're it, this, we're waiting too long. The delay is just too too much. Yes, I don't know what the uh, DraftKings Sportsbook odds were for Alan Trejo to have more home runs than Chris Bryant through May 15th or May 16th. Not not sure, but you probably would have won some really good money uh, were that the case. Uh, I, I do want to say this does segue in nicely. I, I didn't intend to, 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 to roll it into this as nicely. Oh in gosh. fact, I don't even want to because I do want to talk about Chris Bryant. Like he comes back into that lineup. It changes a lot of things. And, you know, we've seen Sam Hilliard, we've seen his struggles and, you know, he wouldn't be out there as much as he would regularly. Uh, I think also maybe on the flip side, maybe Jonathan Daza doesn't get as many opportunities as he does to, to shine. So, you know, there always are going to be those Silver linings. I think now is a good time to to talk about Mr. Sam Hilliard, uh, who did make the two outs in the seventh. But I know you caught up with him on Friday uh, after changing up a little something in his routine, and it paid off. Got his first home run there uh, in a while on Friday night, and then homered again on Saturday. And the secret was not what you would think it would be. It has nothing to do with baseball. Nothing. The secret, uh, the secret was the secret. Me asking him if he's a Taylor Swift fan. No, I'm just kidding. It is um, he has mixed it up a little bit though. He looked in the mirror on Friday morning and said to himself, "This beard has no hits." So he shaved his whole face. He's got a baby face now, uh, but he it, it's worked for him because he homered from. Friday, he homered Saturday. He is on fire now. So he's like, you know, I don't know if my wife loves it, but she's going to have to deal with it for a little bit. She understands. Also brought the socks down. He previously was kind of a high sock guy, not above the knee like Randall Gritchett. We haven't gotten the full story on why he's going that high up, which is which is a rarity. I think Hunter Pence is really one of the only guys who goes above the knee on the pants. But Hilliard typically... Shows his, his calves off. Uh, now he's got the pants going all the way down to the socks. Uh, his mom does prefer that. And he also said uh, that his late father, Jim Hilliard, uh, did prefer the pants down look. Um, so that's kind of nice that all these things tying together for Sam uh, in, in some really good play here this weekend against the Royals. All this week coming up at the DNVR bar, of course, you know we're going to have avalanche watch parties. Which days? We don't know. The NHL has not put out that schedule just yet but you know when the avs have a game sure as you know what we're gonna have a watch party down in the corner of colfax new york and if you're a member you know you're going to get a member size beer a mega pint as it were you also know you're going to get extra raffle tickets at those watch parties to win some extra gear you're gonna have access to our members only discord where Sometimes you got people giving away tickets, right, to, to their friends in the community. That's always wonderful. If you have an annual membership, you actually will get yourself a free shirt from dnvrlocker.com when you sign up. And you know what? If you're ready to just dip your toe in the water, it's only 50 cents 
for your first month at the DNVR.com. NBA playoff action means nonstop action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers, you can bet just $5 on any team to win, and you're going to get $150 in free bets if your team does win. Also, all DraftKings Sportsbook customers can take advantage of those same game parlays. That's multiple bets from the same game that add up for a bigger payout. And right now, it's particularly advantageous to do so because now when you place the same game parlay each day with three or more legs, you can get $25 back if one of those legs doesn't hit. That's hedging your bet, and that's what I love to do. In life, in DraftKings, you name it. And DraftKings is helping you out with those same game parlays. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets instantly when that team wins. That's promo code DNVR at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. My luck when it comes to picking a winner for UFC in the MMA world. I lost my last one with Justin Gaethje, but right now I'm feeling I'm feeling the heater come on. Now Holly Holm is a legend. We know she handed Ronda Rousey uh, her first loss, but we got a UFC fight night coming up uh, this Saturday, and Caitlin Vieira is the underdog. Use that to your advantage. That's why I'm going there. I'm kind of split down the middle. But I really like the payout more than anything on Caitlin uh, Vieira. Holly Holm is 4-4 four and four in those last four fights since the Ronda Rousey victory. So I'm going to go ahead, and that's my DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week. It's going to be Caitlin Vieira in the marquee matchup, the main event at the upcoming UFC fight night. Right now she's plus 195. Go ahead, take that money. All right, All right. I'll take it. We, um, I apologize audio issues. I'm hoping it's just my new headset that I'm going to return if it didn't work. Um, and hopefully it's not a Wi-Fi issue, but I'm, I'm headsetless now. It wasn't meant to be. That's quite all right. That's quite all right. Because you've got some important information there. You also got a chance to catch up with Jonathan Daz, as we said. He's our DraftKings Sportsbook King of the Game. Uh, he's just been playing so well, as we said. He's just been getting on base like crazy. He's hitting well with runners in scoring position. Um, you know, he's a you know a young player, and he's not supposed to necessarily be a leader and carry the team. Uh, and he's been doing that, so it's it's an interesting place to be for a young player when you're doing your thing, but unfortunately, it, it's it's not enough for your team to win the ball game. Yeah, uh, but I mean, Jonathan Daza, was, ha, Jonathan Daza has been great. He has been productive. I've been a Jonathan Daza guy since he was in Hartford, so we go way back. But um, yeah, we were talking to him after the game about like, what are you doing differently? Like, what's going on? What's your secret right now? Um, but, you know, he was just talking about how he feels amazing. He's having fun and he is just focusing on putting the ball in play and not necessarily home runs. Uh, but he was happy with, he was, you know, happy with the comeback today. He thought they did a really good job as a group and that they're going to get better and move on from this. Yeah. He's, he's almost a younger version of Ryan Altapia where he's putting the ball in play. He's better defensively, uh, has a much better arm. 
Uh, you probably prefer a left-handed hitter like Tapia versus a right-handed hitting Daza, but he's he's doing all of those things really well. I think he has uh, the ability to have a lot more pop in his bat than Tapia, who's a guy that I think still might be able to find that power. He's he's got in him. He's a strong young man, but uh, Daza is doing all those things well. Also on the offense, uh, Randall Grichuk had a hit, two RBI, broke I think an 0 for 18 streak, and his secret wasn't shaving, was it? No. Okay. So his secret is he didn't wear the glasses today. Bad vision. Bad vision is the secret for Randall Grichik to get a hit. I'm t- I think I tweeted this. I thought it was funny, but I was like, Randall Grichik has to play blind from now on. I don't make the rules. He just has to now. So maybe there, w- I think you, you said that there might be a little bit of an adjustment now that he's wearing glasses. And uh, I think you're right, Patrick. Yeah, I, I, again, it is a clear clear lens. It's not the Chris Sabo style, which I love that Randall Grichik, uh is aware of who Chris Sabo is because that was the guy back in uh, in the late 80s for the Cincinnati Reds over at third base. But, you know, you think about that middle piece of your glasses, even if it's like a clear frame, that's in your sight line. So, you know, maybe that has something to do with it. It is still a relatively small sample size, over 18. But, again, you go back and you look at how well he was doing without those glasses. So... You know, I, I don't think it's the last we'll see of them, but I'm glad he found a little, you know, workaround for that. Ryan McMahon drew two walks, had an RBI, his 16th of the season, and then your guy. Now, I wanted to tell you this off the air, and again, might as well tell you now. Uh, last oh week, when, Spen- when, when, when Spencer was on, if you remember, he was talking about this draft, and he's like, oh, yeah, Connor Joe fan from way back. And it was true. We did like a little fantasy draft, like draft your dude. Like, oh, that's my dude. Like, that's my guy, oh, like okay. the person that, like, you kind of root for most. And so we, like, you know, drafted all that out. So he wasn't lying when he said, hey, that Connor Joe was his dude straight up officially on the record. He secured he that. And Brendan Rodgers has been, you know, kind of your dude here uh, going back to the, the Hartford days. And he's breaking out, man. Multi-hit games, it seems like every single day he has busted that slump from April. Oh my, what did I tell you? What did I tell you? May Brendan Rogers is a new Brendan Rogers. You know, I said that once he got out of the slump, we were never looking back. Um, and I know we've been talking about slumps a lot lately, but um, yeah, he was very productive today. Got on base today. Um, it's just, it's good to see. And he's now 17 for 46 in the month of May. And that's all good news. Fantastic. Yeah. Five doubles, two homers, 13 RBI compared with April when he had four hits for the entire month, one double, one RBI. It's at one extra base hit was batting under 100. And so right now he he's right up there with, you know, Connor, Joe Daza crone as you know, the four hottest hitters that are keeping the lineup rolling and, and, and moving along. Austin Gomber, what did you like at him? He looked good in the early going, kind of lost it, but still was able to have a, a quality start. Yeah. I think there are a couple of pitches he would have liked to have gotten back, but other than that, a fine start, Bud black didn't seem too concerned about it. Um, liked what he saw from, uh, Gomber to called him Gombi, um, which I haven't heard before and I love it. It's adorable. And we're going with it. He mentioned it, I think, a couple of days ago for the first time. And I go, what? Anybody else hear that? And I, nobody else made a face. But yeah, Gombi. I did I, hear I that. Heard yeah, I, <laughs> I got it. <laughs> I do like that. Yeah, you're, you're right. That's a good way of summing it up. And it, 
it's frustrating because it seems like we've heard that a lot of, ah, we like to have that pitch back or, you know, got, got beat on a really good pitch. And sometimes it does come down to that, you know, gives up the two home runs today. Uh, one to Whit Merrifield, uh, one to Bobby Witt, the wits, oh. man, they, they wits hit. They do. Uh, I, I'm a big, I, I like wit more than wit, but that's just me. But I know you like wit more than wit. Uh, but the two home runs, that was his most this season and, and, and the most he had given up in the game since, you know, his last start, uh, at the end of last year, I believe against Texas before, uh, he went out with his own little weird back injury. So, um, you know, just disappointing, but he, he got backed up a little bit by the offense, uh, did not get uh, backed up, unfortunately by the bullpen as Jolie Chassin came in and then quickly gave up three runs. And actually, did you know that uh, Austin Gomber before today had not given up a single run to the Royals in his career over 12 and two thirds innings? I did not know that, but that is such a patty stat. I love that. Um, uh, Very sad that he has broken that stat now, but I, I think, I think Gomby will recover. He will. Can you recall who had a really good eighth inning on Sunday? Who, who could it have been? Was it eighth inning? Was it was yeah. it maybe time? Very presidential eighth inning there. Does a nice job. Scoreless frame. Sets it up for the victory. But unfortunately, again, as we said, two runs, blown save by Daniel Bard. Their first one-run game that they lose today. Uh, Royals, interesting matchup. It's the first time the Royals had played at Coors since August of 2014. Wow. Think about Which that. Which is um, I keep forgetting that it's already 2022. Um, that is uh, almost eight years. That's a very long time. It was really cool on Friday because there was that conversation about, you know, Zach Greinke, is, is he a Hall of Fame guy? Buddy talked about that. In fact, I wrote a little article uh, touching on that topic on the DNVR.com now, only 50 cents for your first month. But between Zach Greinke with his six gold gloves, and Salvador Perez with his five gold gloves, they're actually only the second battery, pitcher and catcher, who have ever each had five gold gloves. The 2007-2008 Tigers duo of Ivan Pudge Rodriguez and Kenny Rogers. So we got history, first time in eight years, Royals come, and then you've got this cat, you know, catcher-pitcher combo. I mean, both those guys could be Hall of Famers. So if you came out to the ballpark this weekend, uh you probably saw two losses uh, to only one win, but you saw something special. We know that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, this was a pretty it was a special series in all senses of the word. Charlie Blackman uh, moves to first place all time in uh, play appearance against Zach Grinky. Oh, sorry. I don't yeah. have great Wi-Fi. I didn't mean to talk over you. We're all working off the same Wi-Fi in here. That's it. Yeah, Nolan had uh, Nolan was first. Actually, I think it might have been Nolan and Charlie were tied with 80 each. Uh, and Royals and Cardinals, they've already played against each other. So if this is the end of Zach Greinke, Charlie will be the guy that Greinke has faced the most. Do do you think, what's more likely? I like these more likelies. And it, it's best if you go with the extremes. It's nowhere to be fun in the middle. So the extremes, you go, is it more likely that this is Zach Greinke's last year at age 38? Or is it more likely that he's got five more seasons left in Major League five, Baseball? Five seems like a lot. 
I feel like four is very reasonable. So I wanted to make it a little bit more. We'll go four then for you. If you're really saying five is a lot, we'll go four. So zero or four, what are you more likely to see out of Zach Greinke? I mean, nothing against Zach Greinke, but I think four might be a lot too. I, I would say zero. I don't wish oh, that okay. for the record, but. <laughs> I, I am going to take four. He strikes me as a guy that, you're just going to have to pry the, the, the ball out of his uh, cold, dead hands. And even still, uh, it's going to be hard to get it out of that dead hand. Rigor mortis will have set in, and it's just going to be a big challenge. Uh, it got, got more morbid than I would have liked for it to have been. But I, I could see, again, 38's not that old. You know, we've seen guys do it. Justin Verlander, I mean, dude had Tommy John surgery, and he's still going out there doing some big things. So I I, I think that uh, is, is an interesting scenario to uh, – to figure out if that would happen. Here's an interesting scenario. You can actually turn anything you eat into an edible. How about that scenario? Yes. With ripple dissolvables. Yeah. With ripple dissolvables, which you can get at any of 11 light shade locations in the Denver Metro area. All you got to do is use this flavorless and dissolvable powder. And again, you could turn anything into an edible. They also have these wonderful gummies that uh, are clinically proven, like CSU has done peer-reviewed studies on this uh, of why their gummy from Ripple hits two times faster. It happens within 10 minutes every single time. It's fantastic. You can pick up any of Ripple's fantastic products at any of the Denver metro area, light shade locations. Colorado's premier dispensary it offers something for everyone, casual consumers, to connoisseurs. doesn't matter where you're at on that spectrum, light shade is going to hook you up with their premium selection podcast listeners right now, or if you're watching us on YouTube on the DNVR sports channel on YouTube, that's right. Yeah. If, if you only consume this as a podcast, go ahead and, and take a look at Susie and myself, because I look like somebody and you're going to find out here in just a second. And if you don't have the side-by-side -side comparison, you're, you're not going to get the full experience. So make sure you're checking us out on YouTube, the DNVR sports channel, but regardless of how you're consuming this, Use code DNVR at any Lightshade location. Shop online at lightshade.com for your pickup or just visit a Lightshade location near you. Use code DNVR and tell them the tincture guy, Kale Sorbo, sent you. Okay, so last week I was, or a couple of days ago, I was called Blake Anderson from Workaholic. And then on Saturday, Buddy said I struck a resemblance to Royals closer, Scott Barlow. There we go. We got Kale hooked it up there. Oh. We got the photo of Mr. Scott Barlow. And then here I am. That picture is so good. I, again, if you're not watching us on YouTube, you are missing out. I am floored by the similarity. But like, really, I think like the, the, the big similarity is the shape of hair. And also you wear a lot of hats. He obviously wears a lot of hats professionally. Um, now, he's, he's got the little chin. He's got the little chin chin beard going as well. I don't yeah. have that. So that that's the only way you're going to tell us apart. So if you know if we've so, got our masks on, you're not going to tell the difference. You're not going to know. You could have just been like hanging out in the Royals clubhouse all weekend and no one would have noticed. You might be right. I I don't know how tall he is exactly. I may need a couple, you know, a couple of inches of lifts in my shoes. Uh but you know, maybe. All right, so Scott Bar so now we got the lookalike list up to 2. Susie, I know you're getting getting the uh, the Kelsey Wingert a lot, so 
I think I'm beating um, you two to one in the lookalikes. No, no, no. Oh, no, you do have I'm another one. It is two two. You're I right. have another like so. I get Kelsey Wingert a lot, um, and then actually the day after Austin Gomber's previous start at home, there's this there's a woman named Lee who is she attends to the elevators, so she knows everyone. She is just like who's who of what's going on at Coors Field. But I saw her when I was walking into the ballpark at some point last homestand. And she she grabs my hand. She holds it. And I can just feel so much love in this, this hand holding. And she goes, your husband did such a great job last night. I'm like, my husband? She's like, the pitcher. And I was like, oh, no, I'm not Rachel Gomber, um, but I am so flattered because she's very pretty. Um, and I will tell her you said that. Uh, but it was just like so cute and it was so loving, too. It was just like, I wish this was for me, but it's not. But it's still really adorable. <laughs> That's all. Awesome. All right. So it's two to two. We're two to two. Let's I think you're I don't know. I mean. It, it's going to be hard. I think you're going to end up winning this battle, but I feel good that I'm, I've come back. I was down at a 2-0 deficit and now I've gotten two this last week. So I'm feeling good, feeling good about it. And so, yeah, we, we talked about Royals coming back for the first time since August of 2014. That actually wasn't and still isn't the longest streak. There is a team out there that has not come to Colorado since July of 2014. And they aren't playing this year either. Yep, it's the Minnesota Twins. We haven't seen them in so long. <laughs> That's crazy to think about that. Just logistically, it worked out that way. I'm I'm not sure if the Twins were supposed to come here in 2020. I know the Rockies were supposed to go to Minnesota in 2020 because I kind of I had that marked on the calendar. Like I think I might want to go to that series in Minnesota because I'd gone to the Metrodome, hadn't uh, seen tar a game at Target Field yet. So I'm not sure, but that that might change. Uh, it should change somewhat soon, right? With these these balanced schedule with everybody playing everybody, but where they play, we'll kind of wait and see what happens. So now with the Royals off the board, you got the Twins, July 2014. Uh, I think I was at this series. I remember winning a couple bets uh, with some people. Yankees have not been to Coors Field since June of 2016. Yeah. And also in uh we ha so Yankees haven't been mm -hmm. to Denver since June of 2016. Um Tampa Bay has not been here since July of 2016. So those are some of the longest um visitor tourism droughts that we've had. Yeah, because <laughs> Yeah, because the AL West teams are in the same division, so they kind of get you know worked into the schedule eventually over time, so it's going to be AL East, AL Central, and that's who's Next on the list, Cleveland and the Chicago White Sox both played in 2017, and those streaks will end this year. Uh, Cleveland comes to town uh, June 14th through 16th. The White Sox come to town July 26th through 28th. Everyone remembers the White Sox being here in July of 2017 when a young, fresh-faced rookie, Kyle Freeland, who may or may not have had a Machine Gun Kelly tattoo at that point, uh, damn near threw a no-hitter there. That was uh, fantastic. And, and then... Uh, Detroit is right after that in August of 2017. So we were talking about this over the weekend, like, well, wait a minute. That's the teams who haven't come to Coors Field. What about Colorado? Where where have the Rockies not gone? Because I know there's a lot of Rockies fans who go out there and they might pick a road series and say, you know what? I haven't gone to a city or I haven't gone to a game in this city or I've seen them at this stadium yet. There are a couple places the Rockies have not been to in over a decade. <laughs> 
over. Yeah. Well, this one shocked me. The Rockies have not played the White Sox at their home in Chicago since June of 2008. I can't even wrap my head around this. That'll what? end in September, though, because the Rockies will be going out there. But it's been a long time. Yeah, that is weird. And, and it was also weird to learn that they've only played in Chicago once, just in general. So, yeah, okay, we got the we got the series in 2018, but just that was the only time that they've ever played at U.S. Cellular Field. I think it's still called that. No, it's guaranteed rate field. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I knew it was something different. I, I didn't know. Comiskey Park 2. It's a terrible logo, especially. I think it's just bad karma for a team because it's just a red down arrow. Um, so I don't love that energy, and they need to do something about it. But they won't because it's money. Those central division teams, they really must be hard up for those those naming rights because Milwaukee. Now that will that seems like it'll always forever be Miller Park, uh, just like how you know the White Sox. We should call that Comiskey Park even mm-hmm. though it's Comiskey Park 2. Yankee Stadium, it's not Yankee Stadium, it's Yankee Stadium 3. Um, but Milwaukee, not in Miller Park anymore. They're in American Family Field after American Family Insurance. Mm-hmm. Okay, one that here's one that I didn't even know, and I know a lot of other people are with me on this one, but when I was in Cincinnati, I was like, oh, great American ballpark. Like, what a wholesome name for a ballpark. Great American is uh, an insurance company, too. I don't think I knew that. Yeah, I was actually shocked. I just thought it was a cute name for a ballpark. I'm like, no, it's a... It's Are a- you kidding? I, I feel very confident in saying I didn't know that. I, this wow. is... I never get to tell you things that you don't know. It this feels right. Awesome. It feels right because I'm like, oh, maybe I do remember seeing something. So I, so here's it. I saw the clues. The evidence was there, but I didn't put it together. I think that's that's what happened there. Let me yep. have this one. Let me let me have a win. Let me have one because I didn't get one here today at the park. No, you you get a win on that. You you you've you cemented something into my memory. And and there's only a few ballparks that are like are named after the team. Like we said, Yankee Stadium, uh, Enigma the Gray Man. Boom, he's going to be in D.C. at Nationals Park. This week, so hey, that's one that. Speaking of perfect timing, <laughs> yeah, perfect timing on that one. Uh, Toronto, they have not been north of the border there since June of 2013. That was a long time ago. Baltimore, July 2016. Minnesota, also on that list, May of 2017. That will end in late June. Kansas mm-hmm. City, they haven't been there since August of 2017. So that's that's five years, and again, all of that will change, but. Sometimes those things fall through the cracks. Like you understand, you know, like I said, Minnesota, Kansas City, they're on the list in the top five back in 2017. But the fact that they hadn't been in Chicago to play the White Sox since 20 or 2008, like that's just an anomaly. That's just an absolute anomaly. It's it's crazy. Um, the craziest um, visiting drought. This is not Rockies related, but I just think this is so interesting. But when I worked at a Fenway sports bar, um, I was there for the first time the Chicago Cubs played at Fenway in 93 years. That is wild to me. Like that is more than a lifetime for a lot of people. I'm trying to think it must have been in a World Series. Well, it, obviously it had to have been, but you know, I know that you know the World Series winners, you don't always know the teams that they beat. So maybe like that's probably like 1908. The last time the Cubs won the World Series, they probably beat 
the Red Sox in, in 1908. That was probably the, the American League side club. So if that's true, that would, well, no, that would make it 2001. And I don't think you were working at a bar no. in 2001. So, okay, they, they might have played in a World Series. No, that's not right either. Maybe 1918. It must have been. All right. So if you go 1980. I, I used to. 2011? No. What? 2011. It would have been 2011, correct. So in 1918, the last yeah. time the Red Sox had won a World Series before 2004, they must have beat the Cubs because that, I mean, that's actually easy math because you go Cubs hadn't won, you know, 1908 and then 100 plus years. White uh, Red Sox, 1918, nearly 100 years. So there we go. We, we found that was the, That was the last pandemic too. There you go. And, and I mean, that was probably a hard ticket to get too. like, it's cool again when two teams play each other that don't normally, but historical franchises like that. Uh, and again, the Cubs hadn't won, won a world series or hadn't won that world series yet in 2016. Red Sox were still a super hot commodity. So that must've been a fun series in Beantown. It was, it was lit because also Chicago people love to travel and insert themselves into your lives. So Great segue for what you were doing all this weekend, inserting yourselves in front of players and media people saying, hey, Taylor Swift, what are your thoughts? Oh, the secret Swifties club. I wish we had theme music for this, but we can't afford Taylor Swift's music. All right. So I have been on some nonsense all weekend long, um, and I'm very proud of it. I'm super proud of what I've put together. Um, no spreadsheet, though. What? No spreadsheet, though? No spreadsheet. Um, I just have a big chaotic notepad full of typos, and that is that is where I'm keeping, keeping record. Um, so on Friday, on Friday the 13th, if you're a Taylor Swift fan, I'm so sorry, um, you know that 13 is her number, and there were all these, like, rumors swirling around that she was going to release an album on Friday or, like, drop something big. There was a countdown, so I was like, this is huge. I wonder... Which Rockies are Taylor Swift fans? I was thinking as I was heading into the ballpark. Um, and then, of course, we found out that it was nothing. She just dropped some summer merch. Like, we waited for a pool floaty. It was ridiculous. It was embarrassing. But I'd already started asking people who they thought would be the secret Swifty of the Rockies clubhouse. So um, I, I, just, I was asking everyone. I was asking all the press. I was asking Rockies employees. I was asking some players. Um, and... Uh, I, Patrick, I mean, do you, wh who was your guess? Remind me your guess. So my, my theory was the married players would have an inkling to appreciate Taylor Swift. I don't think you're going to have anyone be like, you know, all in with like a Taylor Swift tattoo, but you go, Hey, you know what? Like my wife listens to a lot of Taylor Swift. So she's grown on me over the years. Not that I ever disliked her, but mm -hmm. I go, I, I may be more inclined to be like, Oh, you know what? I'm going for a certain mood. I might actually flip that on at some point. I haven't yet, but mm -hmm. I said, you know what? Maybe the players are like me. So I'm going to go with some of the married guys like a Hamson. Uh, McMahon's not married. I don't think, I think he's, in he's married. He is. All right. I, I wasn't sure if they had tied the knot. Yeah, they they long I know it's kind of hard to keep track. Long time lady. Or dating and engaged for a long time. I'm just like, are they Hilliard, Hilliard. Better. So McMahon, Hampson, Hilliard and Ryan McMahon. Those are the guys that I, I those were my four that I would have uh, pegged as being, no Swifties. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, um, you're not like totally off base, but I'm just gonna like tell you about my findings, and then like we'll Please. get to 
that. Um, so uh, some popular guesses among the press. Uh, Sam Hilliard was a really popular guest. Garrett Hansen was a popular guest. B-Rod, Rymac were popular guesses. Um, so, you know, I started like actually asking these guys. I'm not trying to be like so disruptive. And it's also harder to ask these questions like coming off of a loss because uh, they're just like, you're not. Um, but I did talk. So you mentioned maybe Garrett Hansen. A lot of other people did. He's not a Taylor Swift fan. Oh, he's not. Um, and so like I asked him and he was like, you know, nothing against her. Just like not a big fan of hers. Um, actually, we grabbed um, Spilly decided that he hated me for bringing this up, but also like enjoyed being involved in it. So we were talking to Tyler Kinley and Tyler Kinley was like, yeah, I like Taylor Swift. I and I was like, oh, heck yeah, like this is great. And but what he mentioned, because he's married, too. But he doesn't like Taylor Swift because of his wife. Um, it's because of his sister. So when he was like driving his sister to school when they were younger, like when he was in high school and his sister was in middle school, his sister loves Taylor Swift. So he listened to a lot of Taylor Swift back then. I like that. Yeah, the the Sam Hilliard one, and I, I think we were able to catch up with him. You go, well, all right, she was into the country music. And so that seems like, oh, man, Hilliard's got to be the one. So, yeah, uh, Sam Hilliard likes Taylor Swift's old stuff. He was like, yeah, I know. I liked her when she was country. Because, like, everyone knows Sam Hilliard is the country guy of the clubhouse. Um, but, uh, yeah, he was like, oh, yeah, no, I don't identify as a Swifty now, though. I'm a former Swifty. That's what he said. So I, I thought that was really funny. So, yeah, he was a fan on his own. And, again, nothing to do with his wife. Just an independent Taylor Swift fan. Wow, that's there you go. All right, broke it down. Broke it I down. Back yet? Um, uh, but I did talk to B Rod, who was another popular guest, and he was like, "You know, kind of. I don't dislike her. My girlfriend likes her. I'm like, I guess Swifty. There we go. That might be as good as we get. It's just like, like I, I respect the game. I respect the craft. I respect what she does. But that could be the the, the most we get. But you know what? You're gonna keep hunting. You're you're gonna find it. It's what you do. It's how you got your last name. All right. I'll say I'm now looking at my list and I'm finding your guesses. You're like, oh, yeah, the newly married guys. And you were like, oh, maybe Freeland. I think Kyle Freeland is the least likely to be a Swifty. Did I say Freeland? Because I, I, you did later had a conversation about how I thought probably not. But But I think initially, he made my maybe list. You're right. Off the bat, you might have revisited because you do like to change your, you're a flip flopper. You have to remember that. Same game parlay. I live my life with the same game parlay as what I do. Right? He's more of a Halsey guy, I bet, if I had to put money down on it. We know he's a Machine Gun Kelly fan. I think, who do you think is more likely to be a Taylor Swift fan? Kyle Freeland or Charlie Blackman? Charlie Blackman. Definitely, 100%. We we, we did get word that Charlie is into, he, if it's a good, weird, poppy kind of song, He's going to be into it. So, like, he's probably straight up when we're waiting for him an hour after the game because he hit a big, uh, important home run during the game and waiting and waiting. He is quite literally listening to Shake It Up on a loop. So, I have, I have all the confidence in the world for sure, for sure about that one. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, so, that, that was the nonsense that I inserted into 
everyone's lives over the weekend. Spilly told me that he was annoyed with me. He was like, wait, she didn't even do anything. Why are you talking about this? And I was like, oh, because I thought she was going to do something. And I'd already started asking everyone. So it was too late. I was like, do we have beef now? He's like, no, we have chicken. I'm like, okay, <laughs> thank you. There we go. Thank when, you. When you jump out of a plane, you do not check if you have a parachute or not. You're just going to do it. Why not? Right. You're not going to, you're not going to, you're not going to pull the eject button on it. I'm still, I'm just going too I'm late. ask these questions. It's too late. That's right. I'm already out of the plane. We're, we're going, we're down. We're, it's happening. It's in the works. I can't stop it. That's it. Last thing we'll get to, and, and we've got some fun stuff to talk about on Monday at noon for afternoon show. We're, we're going to be going live again. Uh, also on Tuesday at noon, you can expect those afternoon shows before Wednesdays, Post game wrap up. We got the Giants series coming in. We'll preview that this afternoon. Uh, excuse me, Monday afternoon at noon. I'm already thinking a day ahead, but you can't do that. You got to take it one game, one day at a time. And so we have to acknowledge one of the member of the Royals, Whit Merrifield. Saturday was his 500th consecutive game, 501 consecutive games on Sunday. Dude would need 13 plus full seasons. To even tie Cal Ripken. So, like, that's not happening. He's 33 years old. But modern modern time, that's a lot. I think Prince Fielder had, you know, under 550. or something like 547 uh, from, like, 2010 to 2014 before he had gotten hurt with his neck injuries. So that was – I mean, that, that that's still impressive. I think we know a lot about today. And the game is different. Like, guys are going full board. That's why, you know, pitchers, you see them taking their time and taking 20 seconds in between pitches because they are going a hundred percent. Whereas it wasn't always the case. It was, you have to pace yourself. So guys are going harder. So it makes it more challenging to play every single day. And what Merrifield has done it for 501 straight games, less, not days games, because he, I think he had 10 double headers that he's played in both ends, or he's at least started like that's, that's commitment right there. Right. Yeah, and that's just again. And I, I think we were we were asking Bud Black about this before the game. Was it on Saturday? It must have been Saturday because that was game number five hundred. But he was just like, "Yeah, that's not that's not a thing we're gonna see too much of because when these guys need a day off, we got to give them a day off because you know it's a marathon, not a sprint, um, or vice versa. I don't know. It's a marathon." Let's last uh but yeah i think it's also you did some digging on the five all-time consecutive the top five all five can i talk today the top five all-time consecutive game played in rockies history Vinny castilla is at the top of that list and that did not surprise me yeah that's impressive and it, it, the number isn't as high as what Whit merrifield did but uh, from five to one, Dante Bichette, 152 games, which isn't even a full season. So, like, think about that. Like, just playing a full season would put you in the top five all time. Nafi Perez had a streak of 171 uh, from 1999 to April of 2001. Todd Helton, 212 from May of 2000 to July of 2001. Nafi Perez had another streak. Even before that previous one, uh, 267 games, July of 1997 to May of 99. And as Susie said, Vinny Castilla, all-time record for consecutive games played in Rockies history. 307 straight games from June 97 to June 99. So we haven't had anybody in the top five even approach this in 20 years. 
And I don't know that we will. It's just not the way to go. Nolan is was the guy. If if anyone was going to play 162 games, it would have been Nolan Arenado. However, even he, a guy who is, you know, a, a self-appointed baseball rat, he is. He's he's a cage rat. All those things you want to say about him. He understood a day off is very valuable in 162 game season. And so if he's a guy that didn't do it, yeah, I, I don't I don't know that we'll ever see something like that broken. Eventually, we'll see what happens with technology with hyperbaric chambers if they get more cost effective, where you know guys can just run around in the outfield like in a bubble, like a bubble boy outfit, and then maybe it becomes a little bit easier to play every single game. But until then. I don't know. Vinny's record is is sneakily one of the hardest records I think anyone could possibly beat in all of baseball right now. Oh, for sure. Um, uh, but you know what? I mean, now that we're talking about it and I'm thinking about it, I mean, I, I, I don't think it's a bad thing that guys are taking days off when we need them because we all need to remember to take time for ourselves. We got to take care of ourselves, you know, mentally, physically. I'm getting a little deep with it right now, but I, I I think it's actually a good thing that we're not putting pressure on beating these records when it's like, you know, records don't win you World Series. They don't win you games. I don't know. Here's my soap. Welcome to my soapbox. That's it. No, I mean, you you nailed it. And it's probably a much bigger conversation for another day, but it's all all those records that you look at and say, oh, no one's ever going to beat it. Really, it's 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 a philosophy. Mm-hmm. of why that's not going to happen or a change in philosophy over the years where pitchers aren't starting 50 plus games. So no one's going to have 500 wins like Mr. Denton true young, AKA Cy young. No one's, you know, 56 game hit streak. It's going to be hard to do if pitchers aren't throwing you strikes or you're taking a walk and say, I'll go, I'll reach first base. Like Barry bonds, you go back and look at his seasons and how often was he actually getting pitched to? So he's getting on base Every game, two, three, four times, he's getting walked with the bases loaded. Oh, you weren't very good because, you know, what was your longest hit streak? Like, again, we just view the game so much differently. And so as as you, you know, put it very eloquently, like, you know, the, the value of taking a day off is more important than some kind of record of 308 consecutive games played in franchise history. So I, I think we understand that now. But mm-hmm. you go and look and, and you point that out. That's a good one. That's your patty stat of the day to take to the water cooler on Monday. No one's going to know it. I didn't know it. I had no way of even finding it on baseball reference. Had to uh, consult with a couple of people outside of the ballpark who hooked up those stats. And that's one you go, hey, you know what record no one's ever going to break in Rockies franchise history? Boom. That's the one. 307 consecutive games by their special assistant to the GM, Vinny Castilla. Yes. Someone we get to see all the time. It's great. It's, it's great. Awesome. It's great. Uh, we're going to be back on Monday and Tuesday at noon. Live shows, breaking it all down, talking about the Giants series coming up. Mets series coming up even after that. Can the Rockies snap that 10-game losing streak to the Gents? We'll have to find out. Make sure you're following us on Twitter. Make sure you're subscribed to us, thednvr.com. Now only 50 cents for your first month. And if you want that annual membership, guess what? Your bonus, your bonus is going to be a free shirt from dnvrlocker.com. Anyone, any, even one of our new ones, even, even a Jokic two-time MVPT, free at dnvrlocker.com. With that annual membership, follow us on Twitter at dnvr underscore Rockies. I'm at Patrick D. Lyons on Twitter. And I am at the Susie Hunter on all platforms. 
We've got momentum here on the podcast. The Rockies may not, but you know what they say about momentum? It's only as good as tomorrow's show. So we'll talk to you then.